We've always believed in something called progress. It's time to get lit. What kind of lit? Health lit. That's what I'm talking about. It's time to get educated about health conditions affecting our community. Your health is very important. Check in with experts on important topics like breast cancer, diabetes, prematurity, and much more. This show is lit. No one should know you better than you. So lock in. Welcome to Your Health is Lit. Hi guys, welcome to another Your Health is Lit podcast. My name is Charlotte Walker, aka the PDMP. My name is Donna Williams, aka the Public Health Queen. And this is Tiffany Flowers, the mental health passionist. <laughs> Every time you say it, it's so much. <laughs> so much like, it's like the ends. I love it. <laughs> so guys, we are so excited to have another episode, another podcast. We have so much information and so many just new things to discuss with you guys this week. So let's jump into lit news. Tiffany has a really great story um, that she was going to share. We were talking about a little bit before the podcast aired. Yes. So I know last week we had some warm fuzzies. Um, this is not fighting the warm fuzzy zone, but I still think it's very informational. Um, so it's official, according to the CDC, that Atlanta is now considered to have an HIV AIDS epidemic, um, similar to that of um, they compared it to African countries. Um, so the CDC has officially said that one in 55 individuals in Atlanta has HIV or AIDS. Um, and it is even worse, kind of like in the downtown areas. Um, and the biggest populations right now that's at risk and that they're seeing um, where these diagnoses are coming from is in the teens to early um 20s that's really been most affected by it um so uh so it i guess there's kind of been some rumors about yeah i i didn't even heard about that too you know they say it's dirty in the south you know but like it's official the cdc then came out so um some of the prevention workers out in atlanta um they are really pushing um on the benefits it's called prep and it's spelled p-r capital e-p i don't know if you guys have heard of it i haven't um but i guess it's a very it's an increase in popular drugs so i guess it helps those who have hiv but it's also supposed to help lower the risk not eliminate the risk but it can lower the risk of getting infected yeah so apparently just last month uh, Morehouse College Student Health Center just started offering those um, drugs as preventative care for interested students. Oh, wow. Um, so I thought that that was pretty interesting um, and that um, there is a lot of colleges and that is kind of like the target population that's struggling most. So maybe some of the other colleges down and universities down there like Spelman and um, some of the others will kind of jump on board with that for yeah. the prep. Um, but definitely um, right on time as far as the importance of just, you know, practicing safe sex, abstinence or whatever you choose um, and getting tested. So they're definitely encouraging people um, to get tested. Um, and it is a number that no matter where you are, you can find out where to get tested. Um, and you can text. So, like, literally, you can text your zip code to know it, and it will tell you where you can get a free HIV test at. That's so. Yeah, we had um, actually had in our Facebook group. So, if you guys are not a part of our Facebook group and you listen to the podcast, you definitely want to be a part because we have so many dope things happening in the group all week long. So, you don't have to just wait until Friday. But yesterday, we had um, Darnisha Williams on, and she actually was a disease intervention specialist. Um, with the CDC and we talked about PrEP and just all kinds of like interventions with HIV AIDS and it was really dope because it's Donna's twin sister so you get a little twin magic happening 
on the on the group in on the book of faces. Um, but yeah, that's really dope that Morehouse is um, giving it out and offering it to students. And I definitely think I know a lot of students move um, to the Atlanta area and just a lot of people in our community. Like, yeah, um, Atlanta is like the Black Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of more of these organizations like, you know, like Selma and Emory College um, in Atlanta, I think that a lot of them do need to kind of come on board and just even HBCUs in general, um, right. the kind of to, to target uh, those populations, that age group, um, and mm-hmm. move into college years because sometimes a lot of college year students are when we have those riskier behaviors. They're drinking mm-hmm. more, they're partying, they're away from home. Um, right. so making sure that they have those interventions and those um, those things available to the students, I think is really dope. And I think it also normalizes it too. Like, hey, this is something you can get on top of. It takes away mm-hmm. from the stigma. Like, let's talk about it. Like, I do have like a friend that I knew um, from Ghana, not from Ghana, but from Congo. And she's like, she was so shocked when she came to the United States because AIDS, even though like we sent a lot of funds over to Africa mm-hmm. for AIDS and HIV, it's so quiet here. Um, and so she was like, what's going on? Because if someone is bleeding or, you know, something like that, people say, oh wait, hey, contaminate. And they respond accordingly. Right. And she said she got here and it was like, it's so, it's such more and more stigma and it's so much, you know, it's so handled so much quieter yeah. um, than it is, even though we like to pride ourselves as Americans on raising money for elsewhere. For the world country. But this is showing that this is an issue here right. at home. Yeah. I feel like as a, this has nothing to do with anything. It's just my opinion. But I do feel like as a country... America, we do really good at supporting other people and not taking care of the problems that are in our backyard. And we just need to do better with that. Yeah. And so if you are going to like a college or a university, and this is some some things that I was even um, teaching at a workshop um, here at a a local college university, you could advocate for yourself at your, 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 um, health centers, your counseling mm-hmm. centers to say, hey, this is something that we want. Right. And if you make enough noise about it, yep. um, they start responding. Yeah. So, Empower the students, like the student body governments and all yeah. of that. So you have the power if you say, hey, we want press offered here or we want more information offered here. Activate your voices. Your voices are important and they do have impact. Yeah, that's so dope. Thank you, Tiffany. That's hot news. I love it. Um, so my story, I have one story and an honorable mention. So I was like torn between the two. The first one, let's do the honorable mention. So for all my people who do, um, like, I love non-pharmacological, aka like treatments that don't require medicine. So like massage and, you know, chiropractic. I always encourage people to do that first. And then if you need medicine still, then take your meds, right? Um, not for diet, just, y'all know what I'm trying to say. If you have a backache, you can go get a massage, people with chronic back pain, stuff like that. I encourage those things versus like being on narcotics for an extended period of time. Um, I like encourage losing weight and all of that. So some of my friends swear by um, their nasal rinses and using the neti pot. And there was a lady, um, an elderly lady, who used the neti pot and used tap water and ended up um, dying from a brain-eating amoeba that she was exposed to because it went, the water went straight up, like up her nose and into her, like into her nasal passages. And so this amoeba traveled to her brain and um it caused her to die Mm. yeah so make sure you read the package the package says that you're supposed to use distilled water or sterile water so if you guys are using treatments like that um make sure that you're reading the packages and you're understanding the labels and you know what you're supposed to be doing because they said it's very rare Um, i don't remember exactly what the article said in regards to the numbers but it is very very rare for people to die of this brain eating amoeba because a lot of people aren't, you know, exposed 
um, to the stuff up their nasal passages. So a lot of it is in the tap waters and stuff like that, but um, apparently our body's defenses are enough to handle it, but going straight like from your nose to your brain. Um, she was, and I, I think she was in her 90s. So just something to be aware of if you're doing like, I know people do neti rinses, do nasal rinses on their kids. It's something that I talk about doing in clinic. Um, for like kids that have like a cold and the parents are worried about how congested and stuff that they are. So if you are using non-pharma methods, please make sure that you're using them properly and doing everything safe, safe, safe. Um, so my real story is some great news that I got from Tiffany today. She sent me this link mm-hmm. uh, in New York. So you guys know like maternal health is a big thing. Um, we share about it a lot in our Facebook group. Um, our mortality rate is 243% higher than other um, ethnicities in our community. The state of New York, come through NY. My dad's from Long Island, so let's get it. Um, they are bringing back a program. So they attempted the program back in 2011 to where Medicaid will cover um, for women to have doulas um, as a part of their labor services. And this is really dope because doula services can be very expensive and a lot of women on medicaid are underserved underprivileged right because if you're on medicaid you're on state assistance and there's a certain threshold of income that you have so they are going to be um providing doula services to cover medicaid in erie county and in parts of brooklyn um these are the areas where they found most of their um maternal mortality rates to be highest. And the initiative is supposed to combat um, the maternal mortality rate and providing these women with someone to like advocate at their visits. So I was looking on um, the state of New York's website. So the program is gonna launch April 23rd. Um, And there's a whole list in the Facebook group. We post all the links. So there's like, if you wanna know if your area is covered, all that information is in um, our Facebook group. So if you um, are in these counties and you have Medicaid, you can get up to three prenatal visits covered. Um, You'll get support during your labor and delivery. So you'll have a doula there with you and they will come um, to up to four postpartum visits. So I'm not not clear as is if they're going to come to the home for the postpartum visits or if they're going to like come with you to your postpartum visit at the office. But either way, this is dope that the state is covering this for moms who don't have the higher income. And statistically, a lot of these moms don't have, um, don't have a lot of um, the education background either. So I thought this was dope. This is like a lit news and a health win it is. rolled up into one. It so is. I'm really and when they have to request the doulas when they go to the when they go to the office or were they would the providers like automatically offer it or like with the with the article so the article wasn't clear in regards to like how they're gonna roll the program out. And that's why I think it's just really important to like share these stories because people don't know that these services are available. So it's going to start again, April 23rd. That's definitely, that's a really good question. I'm going to look and see if I can find the answer to that. Like if they're going to automatically say, Hey, and I'm sure um, anytime like initiatives roll out, like I can, I can only speak with where I work because I'm a federally qualified clinic. I feel like the health departments in those areas will probably push for providers um, to let these women know that the service is available to them. So we have things like the language line and um, like medical taxi cabs that a lot of people don't know. And so we'll get um, like from, you know, our CMO will say like, make sure we're letting people know that these services are available to them. Um, So I'm sure they're probably going to work with providers in those counties because they've identified that high mortality um, rate to ensure that people know about the services but mm-hmm. but I always feel like asking your primary care provider or someone that and they can get you the answers too, yep you know yep. so you know it's always still important to be your own advocate yeah yes so I think that this is dope 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 and I'm looking for more states and more programs like this to roll out because we have the money. If we have the money to go 
and see what's happening on Mars and ain't nobody living there. <laughs> Don't get me started on NASA and how I think it's a waste of money. Like, like, we have homeless people on the streets and you worried about Mars. We ain't nobody gets um, So if we have money for the shenanigans, then we have money to, you know, at, at the state level to provide these services um, for these women and for these babies because lives depend on it. I do. I do. Yes. 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 Lit. Lit. Okay. So y'all know what's up. So this week, Donna looks, she's so like serious this week and like quiet because she's about to take the floor. She has some amazing information. Um, Donna is a community health education specialist. Now, like, floating in the telehealth. She's like flying, like expanding her wings um, and has done some really serious work um, in HIV AIDS research and in, um, in the community. So this week, Donna is going to be talking to us about HIV AIDS. We're going to talk about all the tea. So let's go. What's up, Donna? So like she was saying, if you also missed the pod, we'll the special little presentation yesterday, which was more about disease intervention specialists, um, more along the lines of PrEP, um, which is a um, drug uh, for, indivi for individuals to take if they are perceived to be at risk for HIV and AIDS. So if you're doing like ris risky behaviors, like you, if you have more than um, one sexual one sexual partner, um, then PrEP would be something for you. Um, and as you guys may know, uh, this month is HIV um, and AIDS um, Awareness Month. Um, hence, that's why we're going to be talking about um, HIV testing. Um, so I know there's like a lot around HIV testing, as in um, how often should I be tested or when should I get tested? Um, which is a reason why we, um, decided, um, to do the segment on HIV, AIDS, and testing. Um, for, so first and foremost, I just want to kind of get us comfortable and kind of, um, just start off with, um, a question, um, just for us to talk about. Um, so how often, um, do you think you should get tested or do you remember talking to your partner about getting tested? Okay. So Andre and I definitely, Andre's my, Andre is AKA husband. Husband and I definitely um, got tested together um, early in our relationship and we went and we got, so I think sometimes people, um, are concerned about the methods of getting tested. So we got blood drawn, but I know that they're also like mouth swabs are available. So if you're squeamish with needles, don't worry about it. Um, but we got our labs drawn. We only did it that, that one time, but we've been together ever since. But had there been like an intercession, like we would have had to <laughs> do it again. <laughs> like I'm not about to play with you in my life. Um, in clinic, we test everybody over 16 um, yearly, um, and if they are having high, like, you know, high sexual, high-risk behaviors, um, such as, like, multiple partners, IV drug use, anything like that, then we um, aim to do it every six months for, um, for those kids. Okay, okay. So, it's an estimate. So, for me, I am um, an anomaly. Mm -hmm. um, I'm 34, but I'm still a virgin. So I'm guaranteed negative. <laughs> I'm negative. Come through, yes, Tiffany. Yes, yes, yes. I'm negative, boo. I'm negative on the healthiest list. Come through with the abstinence. So, I love it. I love it. If you want to make sure you stay negative, wait. But when I do get married, we definitely get tested. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's how you know for sure. That's the only 100% way to know that you are negative. Yep. Yep, that is correct. So it is an estimated 1.1 million people in the United States that are living with HIV, um, including about 162,000 people who are unaware of their status. 
hints because they're not getting tested. Right. Um, so, a, so approximately 40% of new HIV infections are transmitted by people who are living with undiagnosed HIV, which is a really high, high percentage yeah. when there are the resources there for you put in place to go get tested. And nine times out of 10, you can find somewhere that is free to get tested if you're concerned about um, if you have to pay to get tested. Um, and so if you are living with undiagnosed HIV, um, testing is the first step um, to maintaining a healthy lifestyle and reducing the spread of HIV. And what I think the problem is, I'm going to say back in the days, people thought that HIV um, was a death sentence. But what I like to tell everyone is that it's not really a death sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, like we used to think it was. There's now more drugs to get your viral load under control. Um, I actually know someone who is HIV um, positive and their viral load is kind of, it's kind of undetected because they're on medications Mm -hmm. and they're managing their, um, HIV properly. And, um, what a lot of people know is you don't die from HIV and AIDS, you die from the complications, um, around HIV and AIDS. So if you don't know, since the HIV epidemic in 1980, there was kind of like a big panic when HIV came about. Um, because very was very little was known about how HIV was transmitted, um, and a lot of people were scared um, to become infected by the people who are who were diagnosed with HIV. Because so they thought, oh my gosh, if I touch them, I'm going to get HIV. Um, crazy things like that, and just a just a few things that were falsely believed was that um, HIV and AIDS are always associated with death, which we know it's not. Yeah. Um, HIV is associated associated with behaviors that some people disapprove of, you know, and that's one reason why a lot of people are kind of scared to um, get tested because of the stigma behind it. Um, they're scared to talk to someone um, about HIV because they may feel like they may be labeled as a homosexual, um, a drug use, um, a sex work. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that all it takes is that one time. Um, to become affected with HIV and AIDS. Um, A lot of people, um, there was inaccurate information about how HIV is transmitted. Um, A lot of people would say, oh, if I kiss this person, I'm going to get HIV and AIDS, which we know. Um, Or if I shake their hand, if I sit down at a table with them, it's me next. Like, no. Yeah, like, no, that's not 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 Ebola. Yes, or if I eat behind, if I eat behind them, I'm gonna catch HIV and AIDS immediately, which isn't true. So I think it's part of HIV has been definitely been um, a lack of education um, on what causes HIV. Um, So what I want to go into are some ways of discussing testing with your partners. Um, So for one. Um, safer sex can also help protect you from your partner as well as abstinence. Um, but you know, now we live in this era, you know, you have to kind of give both sides. Yeah. Okay. If you're going to be abstinent, be great. But if you decide to go out there and do have sex, protect yourself, educate yourself on these STDs. If you are doing risky, if you are, um, involved in risky behavior such as multiple sex partners um go get tested wear a condom do something use prep um and i prep is so amazing because it wasn't offered back in the days now it's offered to individuals who are um involved in those risky behaviors so that can de- decrease um the possibility of you contracting um HIV and AIDS you know what else I think is awesome about prep is I was watching tv over the weekend and Mm -hmm. I saw commercials um and just that normalization of using the medication and 
Um, like you said, HIV AIDS is no longer a death sentence. I like to look at it as like a, a chronic disease, mm -hmm. just like your diabetes and hypertension. If you take your medication, um, you, it can be managed. And mm -hmm. just like with any other chronic disease, if you don't manage it, the complications will kill you. So it's no longer a death sentence and it's more of a, you know, a chronic disease and we're managing it and people are living full lives. I also have a friend of mine who I love dearly and is the same thing. Her, she takes her meds and um, her viral load is almost like undetectable. And that's bomb. Like, I love it. Yeah, so it's definitely it's definitely not a sentence, sentence, death sentence, and I definitely say that you have to talk to your partner. So it's also about thinking about timing. Um, pick a time when you won't be distracted or interrupted. Mm -hmm. um, choose a place that's private. Relax. Um, and if you're nervous, maybe just practice out loud with maybe like your close friends. But you know, you want to be in more of like a like a closed off space when you're talking with your partner. Um, maybe you guys are home, um, chilling on the couch. Um, I think that we need to start normalizing these sex conversations with our partners. Yeah, um, I don't understand. Like, how are you about to lay on your back and open your legs to somebody, but you're scared to ask them if y'all can go get tested together? Yeah, like, like I find that. Man, what? <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, so you about to literally. Yeah, like I just think it's I I, I think it's quite ridiculous. Don't be yeah. scared. Don't be scared. Um, yeah, don't be scared and also don't be scared to talk about your most recent um STD HIV test um with your partner. Definitely don't. Yeah. Um I know it's definitely a kind of heavy topic a subject but you know we have to break that stigma and break that ice um because there's no reason why like um tiffany did the story about atlanta um there's no reason why we should be seeing um stats as yeah. a third world country when we're not a third world country and here i feel like in america and i know this is all topic but we have like one of, I'm afraid to say it and it hurts me to say it, but we have one of the worst healthcare systems, um, in America is what I feel like. Um, for sure. Because like, there's just no way that we should be compared to a third world country. I think um, that we, not that it's the worst, but I just don't think that the emphasis is, I think the emphasis is more money driven, right? Mm -hmm. Because people come here from all over the world to seek care but I remember like in our hospital one time we had like a prince from like Dubai like they come all the way over here to get care I think the issue is and this is I'm about to get real deep with it is more of a spiritual thing to where yeah. everything gets more money driven and the emphasis isn't always on preventative care they want like you know they'll let us get sick to get the meds because big pharma gets the money and I think that as a nation, we absolutely suck at preventative care and making sure that people are taking care of themselves and providing education and, you know, empowering people to take control of their health care. We would much rather, when I say we, I don't mean me and I don't mean all healthcare professionals because we all don't feel this way. Some people feel like us where we want to take a stand and we want to empower people, but there's not enough of us. Like big corporations should feel like this. Big corporations should be um, opting into preventative care. Not to say that we can wipe every disease off the face of the planet, but again, these numbers are ridiculous. The HIV rates, ridiculous. The uh, maternal mortality rate, ridiculous. Our, our nation is way too developed for us to be having numbers like this. We can go to Mars, because I'm not going to let this go. We can go to Mars, <laughs> but you, you mean to tell me that we don't have money to, you know, fund people who can't afford their medications to make sure that they get them, that we can't, we can't fund rallies and we can't make sure that people are getting tested. We can't get the buses to go out and test people. There are services like that, but they're not enough because the numbers keep climbing. It kind of reminds me about this movie that I watched when I was getting my master's in public health. Um, I think it's called Healthcare Around the World. Uh -huh. um, 
which you guys should check it out. I believe that's what it called. And it just talked about like all the healthcare systems. And I think that we need to go from sick care Uh to more of a, that mentality of preventative care, because right now we have the mentality of let's treat the person when they already have the disease. We're not, we're not practicing primary, um, primary, um, care, primary prevention. Um, it's kind of like, okay, they have diabetes, um, already now let's see what we can do to control those diabetes instead of intervening before it gets to the point where your A1C is ridiculous high. Uh Um, and I just think that HIV, um, I feel like we also need to have some more strategies. Yeah. Uh, Because as you see, what has what we're doing now isn't working. Nope. So it's almost like with the um what's going on in Atlanta right now. I almost wonder I'm wondering right now like what is the CDC doing to try to decrease these numbers? Because in Atlanta, they like you said, they have so many agencies. Yeah. They have CDC. They have a lot of research schools. Emory is one of the top um, research schools, especially for HIV and AIDS. So it's like we all kind of need to put our heads together to see wh- what are we missing? What are we not doing right? Yeah. It's something that's missing. Have you guys watched the documentary about um, African-American women um, and HIV? Um, and it was actually filmed by a doctor. Well, she's a med student um, pursuing her doctorate um, finishing up her education. Are these movies um, on Netflix? Because I love documentaries. I need to be... I'm not I'm, sure if it's on I'm Netflix. We watched it as a church organization. Um, but I'll look for it and I'll give it to you so we can yes. post it. Uh, but what she found was that the same thing that she was trying to empower other women to do, other African-American women, that she fell victim to, which was not asking for testing. And what she found was that it wasn't just necessarily just promiscuity that was the key it was that black women felt empowered in their workplace and their education and taking care of themselves but they felt disempowered sexually Mm -hmm. and so this was why women was not asking for testing because they felt weak there it's an excellent documentary um, I'll definitely look for that so we can post it Um, that's that's deep I want to I need to know more. Like, I'm like, oh, wow. Wow. So it goes deeper than just, you know, what is the CDC doing versus how can we empower Mm -hmm. women to Mm -hmm. feel more sexually empowered? To ask those questions. And really, honestly, you know, here, like, I feel like what I love about your help is lit because there are so many, I see so many posts and so many things with different organizations that, you know, are supposed to be community organizations. Um, they don't have a lot of solutions, but we have a whole lot, like they do a whole lot of posting of the problem. We know the problem. What, like, what is your, what is our role as a, as an organization to be a part of the change, even if it's a small change. So, you know, here at Your Help is Lit, we have a podcast where we're providing education and we want you guys to know the information. We want you guys to know that if your doctor hasn't offered you HIV um, testing at least annually to ask for it and they will gladly comply to get you the testing that you want or need. And that doesn't mean that they're looking at you weird. Y'all, we see so much stuff. We don't, like, we would be happy. Like, yes, thank you. Because you don't know that it's a measurement that we're keeping track of. It's one of our quality measures. But so many people get so defensive when you ask them if they want to. My baby ain't having sex. My baby ain't gonna wait me. I know that. But let's go ahead and get them used to getting the testing, and let's normalize the conversation, and let's empower. And them. honestly, I'm going to say something that might be a little bit touchy for some people. But even if you have been in a committed relationship, that's what you think. You can you still always know. Girl, look, so, I, this movie isn't as deep as I I'm just gonna say it might be tight, as my pastor will say. It might be tight, but it's right. Don't step on them toes now. Okay, just say ouch and push them back. Okay. <laughs> uh sometimes you gotta do a spot test because okay. you don't know. You don't know. Well, you don't know what that other person is doing. Exactly. 
Exactly. Because there are a lot of women, and I remember watching this movie. I cannot remember the name of it, but y'all know who Leon is? He played a bad well, guy. I know what movie is the exactly movie you're talking, girl. And yes. he was, um, she, they were married, girl. And yes. he was messing around with, she, he was messing around with Leon and stuff. Yes. It was, I think it was called like Download Brother or something. Yeah, it was something like that. Yes. I remember that movie, girl. Bruh. With Vivica Fox in it. She was uh-huh. the Girl, oh, like that, that'll change. That'll, huh. Yeah. <laughs> It can, and, you know, and I remember seeing a documentary. I remember seeing a relationships that this happens to. So don't yeah. think that because you're in a committed relationship, you good. Nope. No. Or be last days ago. Like I saw a documentary where it was a woman that was like a virgin. And um she got married. Um, she was celibate for years. Longer, like, than what I would like to say myself, too. And so she thought she was good. But you know that one time, she so got it. HIV. Yeah, all it takes is that one so time. So it didn't matter all the years she was celibate or, you know, whatever. She still contracted the virus. And you don't have to be being risky. Like, yes, we target individuals that are having that put you at higher risk, right? So case in point, um, every kid 16 over, we screen for high cholesterol and diabetes. Everyone, doesn't matter. However, if a kid comes into me at 11 and they are morbidly obese, I'm gonna go ahead and screen them now. I'm not gonna wait until they're 16 because they have more risk factors. They're younger, they're obese, overweight, so they have more risk factors of having you know, high cholesterol and diabetes. Same thing with HIV AIDS. Everybody needs to get tested. So like everybody, like those 16 year olds, everybody needs to get screened because that's the whole point of preventative care is to get screened and make sure you're doing so frequently. So you can like maintain your level of being disease free. However, if you're doing certain things, um, if you use, um, I, I feel like a lot of times people always associate HIV AIDS with homosexual men, and that's not the case. Like, there are heterosexual women out here getting HIV AIDS. Um, people who are sex workers, whether voluntarily or involuntarily, people who are being trafficked, and they're being exposed to all kinds of people. And now, you know, these young women have HIV AIDS on top of everything else that they've been put through. Um, people who work in, like, the porn industry. Like, we don't, people don't think about those kind of things, but everybody needs to be screened, but these people need to be screened even more because they cu- they are more at risk for it. So it's not just homosexual men out here getting HIV and AIDS. Definitely not. So should you and your partner get tested together? Absolutely. Yes. If you cannot test you not the best, okay? We not about to sleep together. Ooh, so that. my brother used to tell me, guys, let me say this. I have all brothers. I'm the only girl and I'm the baby. My brother said, if you say I'm closing my legs, they will respond promptly. So that's coming from a man's perspective. Okay. So you might feel like you don't have no power. But if you say I will open them, but I need this first, they will respond. Yep, and we're going together. Don't tell me you did it. Don't do nothing until you see results, sis. Yeah. Don't hey. do nothing until you see results, okay? Because you be like, oh, yeah, I win yesterday. The devil is a lie. Okay, well, when the results come back, I'm like, make sure you clear now. Yeah, Cause, okay. Because no. the internet, Okay. <laughs> The internet. If you don't be good, y'all should go together. Make a day of it. When me and my husband went, and he wasn't husband yet, like we went together. We made the decision, like, yep, let's go. Uh, it's not anything you should be offended about because if this person is for you and they want the best for you, they don't want you to get HIV/AIDS. And it's not that I'm accusing you of having it, but let's just go and everybody has peace of mind. Make a date out of it. Love yep, and then go get. We went and got ice cream afterwards. Yep. Like it don't have to be deep. Definitely, I totally agree. I, I know earlier we talked about how often should you be tested for HIV. So everyone age 15 through 64 should get tested one time. 
and I know a lot of people may laugh and say 64, but HI, but STDs hmm. are very high hmm. in the elderly yes. community, especially when they're like in the um, assisted living facilities. Honey. Nothing to do. They're having sex. Honey. Sex with each other. So, so yes, yeah, so they should get tested too. I will I never forget the day I walked in. I used to do. Uh, I was a house aide. I didn't walk in on my patients having. I'm like, what the what the what? Sir, I had a client who had a bay and a side boot on the side. Oh, sorry, like, she, she was seven in her seventies now. Oh, Lord. Like she had a man and one on the side. And she oh, was in her seventies, baby. Oh. Yeah. They out here. STD rates in the elderly community are are really high. They at you. No, so people, so they put the walker to the yeah. side. We about the. They at <laughs> you. So, Grad got, got this new hip. You. <laughs> yeah, they real. They really at you. <laughs> I'm gonna say at oh, you. Man. So people who have occasionally exposure to HIV risk. Um, should be tested at least once a year, but people who are at a more higher risk for HIV should get tested every um, three to six months okay. because um, you can go in, say you have sex with someone um, and maybe you go in and you get tested maybe two weeks um, and it's unprotected. And you That doesn't mean that you're in the clear just because you got tested Two weeks after. Within that two weeks. Um, so still, if you feel like you have been exposed to something, um, I would say continue to maybe get tested um, maybe within that two-month period, even three months, um, because you still just don't know it. Um, it may take some time for the virus um, to show up in your system. Yeah. Also, for testing sites, um, you can find, like Tiffany said earlier about texting, um, what did you, you said testing some, uh, like your zip code to this number, know you it, know it, um, the CDC, you can go on their website, um, input in your information, just type in CDC HIV testing, you can put in some information and they'll give you some, um, give you some places. Another thing what I just wanted to share is um, since we're talking about testing um, and I went to HBCU and so uh, before I graduated I had to do a thesis. Um, so my thesis was actually HIV testing readiness among African-American college students. Um, and so I had to do this thesis. Um, I had to use a model um, to do my thesis, um, which I believe I use the social continent theory. And so um, with that, um, after conducting my um, research, I wanted to um, seek answers to three questions. What are African-American college students' attitudes about HIV testing? Do African-American college students perceive HIV testing to be essential to their health? Is stigma slash disclosure a factor for HIV testing decisions among African-American college students? Now, I will not go deep into the paper because the paper was like a 25-page paper um, or more, but I will, you know, give a little background about what, a, what some students thought um, about HIV testing because I know by going, going to HBCU, we heard about HIV testing, and I know it's a lot of risky behaviors in college. We may not want to admit it, but it really is. So um, a lot of the students, you know, they did um, want to know if they were HIV positive. Um, students still feel that regularly testing was necessary. Um, I did a whole literature review. Even though the majority of the students did feel like they weren't at risk, um, after doing a literature review, the literature said different, um, because in fact, HIV, um, was higher among, um, the HBCU population when I did research, mm. but when it came to stigma, um, they believed that stigma was a factor for HIV testing decisions. So half of the students did feel like stigma was a factor of them getting tested. So they felt like their friends may look at them different. Oh, she going to get tested. Oh, she may have that stuff. Right. So, you know, that was a factor. Um, and there was a need to distangle the word stigma um, for HIV. 
but um, a lot of students, majority of the students were likely to get tested or already had been tested. Um, and getting tested proved that they believe that this was a um, and so I just thought that was a neat, um, a little neat thing, but, yeah. um, there is neat, there is need for more testing, um, and more education. And I always say, um, there is a lot more work to do when it comes to HIV and AIDS. Yeah. Well, if you ladies have anything to chime in on, but that was my little segment. So I definitely, um, hope that everybody enjoyed that. And I definitely hope that this is encouraging to all of us, yeah. um, to please, um, go get tested. And if you are um, involving yourself in um, risky behavior, um, get tested more often. Talk to your partners. Um, consider talking to your providers about PrEP. Don't be ashamed to ask about, hey, um, what is PrEP? Um, because at the end of the day, we only have one, um, one life, life body to take care of. Mm-hmm. This is your life. Um, that's actually dope. What do you do with your thesis? Come through down to the public health queen. Come on now. Um, so if I had one thing to add, it would be, again, just, you know, I think sometimes as a culture, we put a lot of stigma on stuff in ourselves um, and a lot of mentality that we have. It A lot of the mentalities that we have, a lot of them don't, like, we're not doing it for the culture. It's not helping us. Um, so that stigma um, you know, if your friend is going to go get tested, like be a friend and go with her. Like we all need to go get tested, like tested in brunch, like let's do it. Because if that's really your friend, you're not going to one. If she does feel like she may have something, you don't want her to go through that alone. You want to be there to support her. Um, and then also just taking a stand for our bodies and ourselves, like who cares what other people think. So I just really want to encourage people again, like Donna said, you have one body, if you were, if you're allowing the opinions of other people and the thoughts of other people to um, dictate how you take care of your body, call Tiffany, the mental health <laughs> Which translates to me, because what I was going to say is, there's life outside of your diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So even if you do test positive, your life isn't over. Yeah. You know, come get a therapist to help you connect to, you know, adjusting to the diagnosis, adjusting to changes, and also adjusting to it and reattaching to future goals. Because, you know, now, you know, HIV and AIDS is not a death sentence. And so your therapist, your support system, your, I always say, get your team right. Your team is still going to make sure that you achieve and also going to make sure that you are soothed and you are comforted. Um, and so make sure that you get your team together. Totally agree. That is a word. Um, okay. So my final thought, um, I feel like it's a population or there's a new thing that I guess I'm more concerned about, um, just because of a, a teenager that I saw in clinic this week. Um, there are a lot more people meeting people online. Um, just be cautious and be aware. And again, if you're going to put yourself in a position to open your body to somebody, they should respect you enough to um, to want to go and get tested. So because the, everybody does not have great intentions, there are people that have HIV and they knowingly um, spread the disease. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to also just guard our guard ourselves and use discernment um when thinking about like when you meet people online or anywhere for that matter um in st louis there was a really big um thing back out in the 90s this guy um they called him the big boss man but his name was darnell mcgee and he was waiting outside of high schools he was like a big drug dealer um waiting outside of high schools and junior high schools and knowingly infected um 12 women all between the ages of 12 and 22. He didn't care what they looked like. So they were black, white, um, from all different walks of life. And his sole purpose was just to infect these young ladies with HIV AIDS. Um, he went to jail. Some, some, I think I have to ask my husband cause he's from, uh, he's from the loo, but some allegedly somebody's family member, one of the girls like killed him in jail, but it just was this whole big, um, thing and I remember like it was like the big boss man because he was whining and dining he was looking for a low like 
lowly women who didn't have, you know, he was preying on women. Um, so just be aware that, you know, the predators just like they're out there to traffic people and all those other things like this also, unfortunately, um, there are people who use their status and they use it in a way that is um, detrimental to other people around them. So just be aware and be vigilant. Absolutely, definitely. Because a lot of people, especially I know um, really a good friend of mine um, work in the HIV department and what they do is um, they go on these sites, uh, Grinder, Jack, um, and try to get in contact with people that have been in contact with HIV and AIDS because um, a lot of these individuals are usually using that and that's just the app um, without a lot of MSM MSM use uh, men who have sex with men, but um, we definitely have to be aware and um, careful. And, you know, I'm definitely optimistic about um, maybe one day, um, you know, finding a cure for HIV and AIDS um, because it is uh, one of those um, viruses that uh, is unfortunately um, is, has a very high rate. And it seems like, it kind of seems that we keep going backwards. Mm -hmm. And I know it's kind of hard saying that, but it's just almost like, you know, what, what more can be done? Um, because like I say, a piece is missing. Yeah. Like s something is missing. Exactly. I, agree. Um, I don't know if it, the message is getting out wrong or individuals really don't know that once you have this disease right now, you have it. There's, you can, you know, your viral load can be undetected. Um, <laughs> but it's just like, there's no cure for this disease right now. So, you know, I don't know what it's going to take for. I think it takes another message, just love because fear doesn't work. And, and even across, as we look at different health campaigns, fear doesn't work, especially yep. towards this population that is really being attacked for HIV, cognitively, developmentally, they feel invincible. So using a fear tactic is not going to reach those people. But if we operate from a sense of love, like, hey, this is a part of self-care. This is a part of sexual activity. Um, instead of something separate or in addition to, mm -hmm. that is what really is going to get the message. Like I said, that documentary, I'm going to make sure I just sent out a message to the person who um, showed it to me. Um, but it has to do with just feelings of lack of power. It had nothing to do with lack of information or access. Right. It was a sense of inferiority and lack of power and powerlessness. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we need to go and still getting the message out. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. This was a great conversation. Okay. Y'all know what it is. Time to wrap it up with those health wins. Donna, what's your health win this week? My health win is I am planning on to get getting some rest and relaxation this week, to be honest. Um, I don't know if everyone knows, which a lot of people probably don't know. Uh, my grandpa passed for cancer. Um, I believe the funeral was last week. So in the midst of starting my new job um, and my grandfather dying and moving, relocating um, back to Jacksonville, which I haven't even told a lot of people that I relocated, relocated back to Jacksonville. But Y'all see back in Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of people don't know, but it's just kind of been like very ahead of last two weeks. Um, so even though I had to take the GRE Sunday, but I'm looking forward to some rest and relaxation Friday, Saturday. I haven't watched TV and I don't know how long. So I'm just going to watch some TV drink a glass of wine because one glass of red wine a day doesn't hurt you <laughs> so, and I'm over 21 so I am just looking forward to um resting um and just starting this um career um this new career path with my new job um kind of working with telehealth emerging technology and healthcare. so yeah that's dope so um uh, i guess i'm in your lane because today i woke up and i said you know what tiffany and i said yes princess 
what do you need? I think we need a mental health day. So we stay home today. Yes. Um, we got under our weighted blanket. Um, I did cook some food, so I didn't have any fast food all day. Ate some fruit, cuddled up with my cat, and Nuggles. I'm babysitting um, a dog. And I'll let you know how that goes next week, how Snuggles <laughs> feels about the visiting dog. So that's okay. a story. Um, and so we got some good rest today, caught up with some good friends, um, and got some good sleep. So rest day. Y'all are so restful. I love it. So on top of my rest, y'all know I love my Sundays because it's Sabbath Sundays and we do not a bing, not a boom after we come home from daddy's house, the house of the Lord Jesus. Um, so I guess my health win is I have been um, on Project Snatch 2019 and I continue to lose the pounds. Um, I'm drinking my water. My edges are snatched, and so is my waistline coming back. So that's going to be my health plan for a minute. It's just every week I'm like, and I'm more snatched than I was last week. Um, and I'm, I, I, well, let me just segue into this. So um, for January, we definitely will be looking to do like some um, group weight loss initiatives. And so that's the health win is that. For your New Year's resolution, you're not doing it alone. It's about to be a lit resolution happening um, because we all have goals, even though our bodies are all in different shapes and sizes. So my health win is not only am I getting snatched, but I'm excited um, for next month so we can all get snatched together in 2019. You're motivating me. I actually might want to do January no meat. You do that on your own. I'm eating. Yeah, I was about to say I'm not doing yeah, that. Not. that. <laughs> you are um, <laughs> I would cheer you I'm on. Really I definitely want to. I'm definitely what I want to make my goal for January because I feel like I've been slipping like on my like going to the gym and stuff. Because I know, know. Look, let me tell y'all where she slipped. So Donna didn't slipped over to her mama house and got them little Debbie cakes. She called me. So why you? Why my mama got little Debbie cakes in here? Cause that's your mama house, and that's what she say she want with little Debbie cakes. Get out your mama house, eat the Debbie cakes. Listen, and cranberry. Like when I was living in Tampa, like I didn't keep any juice at my house. I just like drink water, maybe vitamin water zero here. It's not like cranberry juice, little Debbie cake. So like I have to get some willpower and I have to get back in the gym and I'm going to, I think it's like a mental thing. I'm going to do 30 days, no meat. January, I got to wait after Christmas, but I'm going to do 30 days for no meat. And I'm going to let you know how that goes. Yeah, man. Yeah, we got you from here. From yeah, here. I'm going to support from you. Iowa, I got you. While yeah. I eat my bacon. Um, yeah, and my hamburger. Yeah, I like I like meat. I'm all about balance. I think that's what's dope. Is like um we have everybody has like their own idea of health. Like I really highly believe, and y'all know I'm a health practitioner. Like I do believe in balance. Like God said that I could have dominion over all the earth. That includes bacon. So if He lets you things here for me to enjoy, but you can't be gluttonous. You know what I'm saying? If, Everything within, you know, God has to set up the way you want it. Bacon and water. You can do both. <laughs> pray for me. Yes, we will, girl. We're going to pray. We're going to lift you up and yes. pray. I got um, you in the spirit. Yes. yes, you know what? Matter of fact, can we just, um, anybody who is, like, struggling with, like, seriously, like, with a health issue or with anything, like, just know that, um, we are praying for you guys and we not only believe in like physical and mental health, but I also believe in spiritual health. So let's, yeah, we, we're, send us your prayer request and let's do yes. it. We're going to make it a thing. Send it, send us your prayer request. Let's make it a thing. If, like, honestly, if you have um, a health, like a health, care or not even health related requests if you have a prayer request and you legit because i'm trying to get to the point where i can pray people under the table like i'm about to be a praying sister in 2019 y'all don't know i already do it some but i need to get better at praying for other people and i think a lot of times we pray and ask god to fix our own issues and i just like i've felt really led to put that out there that if you guys want prayer requests, the same email admin at yourhealthislit.com 
um, because we will not only educate you, make sure your mind is right, but we're going to pray for you too, because it's a little bit of balance, a little bit of medicine. I didn't see stuff happen. Meds work, but I didn't see some stuff happen in some of these ICUs that I know wasn't nothing but Jesus, because we didn't fix Amen. it. Okay, so everything is a balance. Well, and make sure you join the Facebook group, guys. Join the Facebook group. The group is hot. Your house is lit. Come to the group, y'all. We are here for it. Um, because if y'all think we have shenanigans on Friday, just imagine the shenanigans in the group. And you can meet like-minded people. A lot of the programs, um, the weight loss programs and all that stuff and the initiative that we have coming up in 2019 you definitely not only want to be a part of our group, but you want your family to be a part of our group and your friends, okay? So we're at 581. I think our goal, we should try to get 600 before December. Do some type of raffle. Let's do it. Yes. So we're going to get up to 600 members before the end of the year, you guys. Let's make it happen. We know y'all listen to us faithfully every week. We love y'all, but we also want to hear from y'all. And y'all want to see our beautiful faces and be able to talk to us. Um, we're in the group, so anytime you guys um, comment, share a link, we're always very active in the group and sending messages. Like, we love to hear from y'all. Um, it's super dope. So, we will holla next week. Holla. Holla, holla. Next week, me and Donna are going to do our rendition of Chris Brown's This Christmas. <laughs> oh, I will not be taking part of that at all. We're not gonna do it, y'all. But we should we show have my husband embarrassed in big lots, and that jump was so funny. <laughs> Shenanigans. All right, guys, that's another Your Health is Lit podcast. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.